Millions of teenagers have been stuck at home because of the pandemic. Millions of teenagers who can't see their friends. Millions of teens who can't do normal teen things. This can have a devastating effect on people's mental health. Numerous studies have been taking place to answer the question, what effect is the pandemic having on the mental health of teenagers? Well, I was wondering that too, because I'm a teenager, and I know many people whose mental health has gone downhill during this time, and I couldn't help but ask, is it because of the pandemic? So I went out and did some research, and I found some reasons there has been a mental health decline, but more importantly, how people can get help. A study done by the Rocks Institute, which is a research and training institute designed for girls, found that 80% of adolescent girls felt an increase of isolation and loneliness during this period of time. Now, it's no surprise teenagers are feeling this way because we can't see anyone anymore. Educators are really trying their best to keep everyone connected, but it's hard, and virtual experiences just aren't the same as real ones. But this loss of connection can be really damaging to people, and in correspondence, depression rates among adolescents are going up. An online survey was given to 8,079 junior and senior high school students in China during the spread of the virus, and 43.7% of the students showed symptoms of clinical depression. This was almost 10% higher than the national average before COVID. On top of that, anxiety rates are going up, but it's harder to calm because of the uncertainties. We have lost the normalities in our lives, and it's been stressing us out. For teenagers specifically, a lot of us have taken on new responsibilities as a result of the pandemic. This could be childcare or taking on a part-time job, and all of this added to our online schoolwork is a lot to handle. We now have to be able to manage our time and energy in a balanced way, which is already a struggle for the adolescent brain. So when we have to go to work, watch our siblings, and do 10 assignments the next day, the stress piles. We fall behind in school, more stress. We can't make up this schoolwork because we have to go to work, more stress. So this stress ball is getting bigger and bigger and it's not coming down. So what can we do to help this unending cycle of damage to our mental health? Well, a lot of things, but before I dive into that, I was curious to actually hear from some of my peers and not just statistics. On an Instagram page for my grade, I put a poll asking how COVID-19 has affected their mental health or well-being, positively or negatively. There wasn't an option for neutral, so I told them to count neutral as positive. The next day, I checked the poll and 83% of the people voted for negatively. I was shocked. I thought that at least over half the people would vote for neutral because it didn't really affect them, but 83% voted for negatively. After that, I wanted to hear some actual things people had been going through, so I put a YOLO on my Snapchat story. A YOLO is basically a way that people can turn in responses anonymously. I asked them just to say any way COVID has affected their mental and emotional health, whether it was positive or negative, it didn't matter. Out of the 53 responses I got, only five resulted in the person feeling either the same or better than before. The positive responses said quarantine helped them find themselves or real friends, or even though it's a pandemic and not seeing people stinks, it didn't have a real effect on their emotional health. It's just been kind of meh. The negative feedback was a little harder to read. A lot of people said they feel out of touch with reality and isolated, unmotivated and stressed because they deal with their own schedule and no one's there to monitor them. 
A few people said they developed eating disorders, anxiety, or depression. I wondered how many of these kids were getting the proper help for these issues so they don't become more severe. Very few teens suffering from mental illness speak up about it, so a lot of times they go untreated. Parents can have a hard time telling that their child needs help if the kid is hiding it from them. And now we get to the most important part of the podcast, how people can get help. If you're suffering from a mental illness, there are many different ways for you to get help. If you're feeling really stressed, the CDC has different suggestions for coping. Finding ways to relax, like meditating, can help. Also, doing one of your favorite hobbies can help calm you. If you have a hard time figuring out how to fit relaxing in with the rest of your responsibilities, keeping a schedule might be the way to go. You can plan time for schoolwork and relaxing without overdoing one or the other. And talking with someone you trust about your feelings can help relieve stress that you've been keeping inside. It's also known that isolation and depression raise the risk for suicide. If you're having suicidal thoughts of any kind, it's important to tell a trusted adult or a loved one, and they can get you the support that you need. In-person and virtual therapy is also a good way to get proper help for suicidal thoughts. If you need immediate help, the Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. If you need any other immediate help for issues such as overwhelming fear and anxiety, you can call 911. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. My name's Clara Donovan, and the sources I used for today's episode are the CDC, the Council on Recovery Center in Houston, Wheatley Institution, and the Psychiatric Times. Thank you. Thank you.